sitting off to the side singing and, and thinking about how thankful I am for Philip and Erica and the band. Have you enjoyed them the past couple weeks? And I, I think the reason I'm the most excited about it is because up until like three weeks ago, it was going to be me. And, and y'all were screwed. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I mean, I, I literally had people reach out to me going, I was really looking forward to you leading worship. And I'm like, no, you weren't. No, no, you were not. I, I've got like two songs, and we would have worn them out um, because he lives in amazing grace. That's about all I've got. And I, I know you love those, but on the 17th week, y'all would have been like, okay, he lives, his grace is amazing. Somebody please step up and sing. So, anywho, glad you're here today. Um, I started... Uh, thinking about today's message, and it took me back to a conversation I had with Karis um, a few months ago. Karis is almost like 11 or 12, or I mean, it's just it's all running together now. But our our dates are so much better than they used to be because when she was like six months old, you just take the baby out and just look at it for a while, and it just slobbers. Um, but now we're actually having conversations. Like the other day, I said, "What do you want to talk about?" She said, "Marketing." Like, okay, let's, let's do that. But the other day, she was asking, we were asking each other random questions. She said, Daddy, what's the greatest amount of physical pain you've ever experienced? Now, for me, I didn't have to think about it. I knew. I, I automatically knew it was 2006. Now, if, you've, if you know anything about me or my teaching or if you listen to me for any amount of time, you know in 2006, I did one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. I attempted to run a marathon. A marathon is 26.2 miles. Now, just real curious, and I'm not going to make fun of you. In fact, I'm going to just nothing but mad respect. Has anybody in here ever ran a full marathon? You ran a marathon? Anybody else? We got one. We got one person in the room that's ran a marathon. <laughs> one person. Props to you, all right? I, because, listen, I, and it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. It, it's really, it's re when did you do it? When did you do it? The Savannah Rock and Roll Marathon, four or five years ago. Y'all were? Y'all were just talking about it before the service? Uh, do you think you'll ever do another one? No, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody one time, and they said, the only way I'd run 26.2 miles is somebody was chasing me. And I'm like, there's not a man on the planet I would run that far from. I'd be like, you know what? Somebody's going to get hurt. It's me or you. Let's go. <laughs> I Do what? And you want to go with the half marathoners every time. Did you consider running a marathon at all? No. I don't blame you. <laughs> because here's what happened to me. We, we got in San Diego. Um, it's where I ran the rock and roll marathon in San Diego. And it was more humid than we thought it was going to be. And I didn't hydrate properly. Um, hydration is really important during a marathon. And so I was doing okay, mile five. In fact, I started out, I was on pace to finish in about four hours, which is good for a marathon, especially your first. Um, but it, you know, and then I kind of started slowing down a little bit, but I was, no worries, no worries. At, at about mile 20, which, let me pause, anybody that runs 20 miles just for no reason, I, I mean, there was something wrong with me, okay? But at mile 20, my body started saying, you know what, I don't think we're going to do this anymore. And, and I started arguing, I was like, no, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I found out that verse isn't about marathons, because I'm, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And at mile 22.6, not making this up, 
my body completely shut down, dehydrated, completely dehydrated, fell out in the middle of the road. I'm talking charismatic fell out, just like, and just, and, and I was done, passed out, woke up, and now some of you are like, was that the physical pain? No, that wasn't the physical pain. The physical pain was after they came and got me on a stretcher, which, talk about humility. Um, you get taken to the medical tent on the stretcher. So I'm laying there on this stretcher. There's people walking around me, and this woman walked up. She was so sweet. She was so kind. She said, sir, are you in any, any pain right now? And, and I said, well, no, ma'am. I said, other than the fact that I'm in a medical tent and my, my pride's really damaged. And she laughed, and I laughed. Well, when I laughed, I don't know why, but it triggered something in my right foot, and my right foot cramped. Now, you ever woke up in the middle of the night with a cramp, right? And it, that right there just makes you want to say cuss words. But um, I, I know some of y'all would never say those. But, but for me, my, my foot was cramping. I was like, oh, 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 oh. She was like, what? I was like, my, 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 my foot, my foot, my foot, my foot, my foot. She said, what's wrong with your foot? I was like, it's cramping. Well, my foot triggered my calf, my right calf. So then my calf started cramping. So I got my calf and my foot cramping. I said, my, it's, my calf, it's my calf. She said, I thought you said it's foot. I was like, lady. I just know that below this knee, everything hurts. And she said, I can fix that. Well, as soon as she grabbed my calf to try to rub it out, it triggered my hamstring. And I'm like, dear God, lady, get away from me. Because um, my hammy is, and then, and then my hammy triggered my quad. So this whole right leg was in a cramp, and it wouldn't stop. And I am screaming. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I was not going ow. I was screaming, make it stop. God, kill me. Like, whatever. And then my left leg thought, you know what? We're missing out on the fun. So it started at my left foot. I'm, t I'm, I'm not making this up. And it went to my calf, and then went to my hammy, and then went to my quad. And she's trying to like, what do, what do I want to do? And I'm like, shoot me now, lady. Because it was painful. And everybody in this room, everybody in this room knows what it's like to experience some sort of physical pain. Uh, how many have ever broken a bone? Yeah, me too. I, I broke my nose one time. I'll tell you that story another time. You don't want to know it right now. Um, but physical pain or stubbed your toe, I would rather, I think I'd rather break a bone than stub my toe. Um, in fact, I broke a toe one time when I stubbed it. And the thing about physical pain is this. You can't hide it. You can't hide. I don't care how tough you are. If you walk out of this room and you kind of take a wrong turn and you, have you ever heard somebody's ankle just snap? Sorry. Some of y'all are just like, but, but have you ever, okay. If, if that happens to somebody, they can't hide it. You can't hide physical pain. Physical pain even causes the strongest person to just like, ugh. But you can hide emotional pain and kind of push that down. And spiritual pain, we can push that down too. In fact, we've, in church world, we're actually taught to hide it instead of talk about it. We're told things like, People that love Jesus never go through dark times. People that love Jesus never experience valleys in their life. People that love Jesus never really deal with difficult situations. People that love, if you're going through a tough time, it's because you don't have enough faith. And if you just had more faith, or if you read your Bible more, or you prayed more, or you served more, or you did whatever more, then you would never deal with anything difficult in your life. And here's what I know about the church, any church in the world, people sitting in the room are completely wounded. There are some people in this room here today that I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally. I'm talking about spiritually. You've been wounded. 
but you don't talk about it because we have been taught not to talk about those things because if we talk about those things, people kind of look down on us. So today, we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off and talk about it. But I'm not going to talk about it in a way um, because <laughs> most sermons don't end up done on this subject are like, get over it, do more, try harder, amen. That's not the sermon today. The sermon today is going to be from a passage of Scripture out of the book of Ezekiel. If you want to turn there, you can. If you don't want to, um, I don't blame you because it's kind of hard to find. Um, it's, in the, it's in the Old Testament. He's in there somewhere. And the book of Ezekiel, it's got some cool stuff, but it's got some confusing stuff. I'm about to read, we're about to go through one of my favorite stories in the book of Ezekiel. Um, and it's got so many meanings, but we're just going to talk about one of them today. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The Bible says this. The hand of the Lord was on me. Let me stop real quick. Let me stop real quick. I, I know some of y'all like, you can't even read a verse without making a comment. That's my life. I'm, and I'm ADD and my meds are wearing off. Um, <laughs> that's not a joke, by the way. 9.15, I was way more focused. If the hand of the Lord is on you, then naturally you think you're going somewhere great, right? If somebody says, the hand of the Lord was on me, you expect them to say, and I got better. The hand of the Lord was on me, and the business deal went through. The hand of the Lord was on me, and I felt great. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he took me to a great place. But this gets a little weird, because Ezekiel starts out, and he says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit. This is great. The hand of the Lord is on me. The Spirit is working in me. Tell me more about it, Zeke. Great. Out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. Now, hold on a second. I don't do scary places. I don't do scary movies. I don't do scary anything. Somebody's like, I think I'm going to scare you sometimes. I'm like, I have a CWP. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. I'm not joking. I didn't laugh. Notice I'm not laughing at all. I don't play that game. But did you know that sometimes God will lead you to scary places? This kind of blows up that whole mentality of God's always going to lead you to the land of rainbows and unicorns where you eat Lucky Charms and they have no calories. Right? God led Ezekiel to a valley full of bones. And he goes on to say, he led me back and forth among them, which, God, you only got to show it to me one time. But he keeps showing Ezekiel these bones, and he says, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the, of the valley, bones that were very dry. It's huge. That's, that's very important. Now, if the hand of the Lord is going to be on me, I would prefer for him to take me to Costa Rica. I would prefer for him to take me to a five-star resort or Paris or London or Rome. I don't want to go to a valley full of dry bones. Dry bones means that they had been there a long time and the flesh and the skin and the tendons had all rotted off. Now, we got to ask the question, why were the bones there? I've done a little bit of research on this because that's kind of like what I do. And a lot of people have speculated, but most people, most scholars believe it was some sort of army that were going out to battle, and they, <laughs> they obviously lost the fight. So you got a couple options on why the bones were there. The option number one is because of something they did. 
In other words, they they made a military mistake. They made a military miscalculation. They thought, hey, this is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. Eh, Wrong answer. They made a mistake. They screwed up. They messed it up. However, whatever tiger language you want to put on that, they made a mistake. Or, Or second option is because of something that was done to them. So the bones could have been there because they were going through this valley on their way to the fight, and they got ambushed by the enemy and when the enemy comes in and ambushes you I mean you 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 just didn't see it coming you didn't have time to react before they knew it they lost their life now when you're looking at this text ask yourself the question how did the bones feel now I know bones don't have feelings but like let's pretend if the bones had feelings how did they feel well the first thing they probably felt is forgotten. You can't blame them, right? I mean, you would figure that somebody would have at least had the honor to come and bury the dead. But they were out fighting for someone or something. We don't know what, but all of a sudden, they're out in the middle. Like, nobody even came and buried these bones. They felt forgotten by people, probably felt forgotten by God. The second thing that I think that the bones probably felt are useless. Because at the end of the day, what can a pile of dry bones accomplish? Nothing. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Why in the world are we talking about this? Because some people here today, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online, you feel like those dry bones spiritually you're wounded and you're hurt you're carrying with you and maybe it's because of something you did because listen everybody in this room has done stupid everybody there's not a person sitting here that's not completely jacked up everybody here in fact if ladies if you got a purse i'd pull it a little bit closer because i'm looking around this and there's some sketch people in this place um mostly staff but but there's there's some messed up people in this room there every one of us has regrets it may be it may be last week it may be spring break it may be a season in our life but every one of us carries some sort of spiritual regret and that spiritual regret if we're not careful can keep us pushed down and pressed down until ultimately it robs the life out of us and leaves us feeling like we're dry bones I know there's some people here today dealing with some stuff, and it's stuff that never goes away. It's stuff you thought you dealt with a year ago, two ago, three ago, and all of a sudden it pops back up. Something that you did. Or maybe, maybe it's because of something that was done to you. Maybe something happened to you. Somebody left you. Somebody abandoned you. Somebody gossiped about you. Somebody betrayed you. Somebody hurt you. And you know what? Ultimately, that can literally rob the life from you. And when it comes to you and your relationship with God, just like those bones, you feel forgotten. I'm not lecturing you. I know what it's like to be in this place. I was on Facebook last night doing, um, just having a little fun doing a video and Um, a a gentleman responded and he said, God doesn't love me. 
And so I, I responded. I don't get to respond to all the comments, but I responded back to that one. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I know how you can feel that way, but, but God actually does love you. And his response back to me was a great question. I'm sure all of us have asked this question in our minds before. If God loves me, then why is my life falling apart? You ever thought that? I mean, I have. I have. It's, it's natural. And, but, 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 but we don't talk about that in church because if we question that, then all of, all of a sudden we're considered unfaithful. I think it's only when you get honest when you can experience true intimacy with God. Just a thought. I'll preach on that sometime. Because of what we did or because of something that was done to us, we, forgot, we feel forgotten by God, and then we feel useless. There are some people in this room, when it comes to spiritually, maybe even physically, you feel completely useless in life. And if that's you, you came to the right place today because of what we're about to see. But ch check out this next thing. He asked me, so God asked Ezekiel a question. Son of man, can these bones live? Now, pause. If I'm with you, we're together, and we're in a valley of dry bones, and I look at you and say, can these bones live? You're going to answer no, exactly, right? You're going to answer no. Because it's not possible. But God's asking Ezekiel a question, not because he wants to know the answer, because God knows the answer to the question. God's asking Ezekiel the question to test Ezekiel's faith. Ezekiel, what do you think? Can these bones live? And Ezekiel could have been a politician with his answer. Because he gives the most politically correct answer in the world. Look at this. I said, Sovereign Lord. You alone know. Isn't that easy? Can these bones live? You know. <laughs> Which is brilliant. Because he didn't want to say no. Because if he said no, then that meant he didn't have faith. But he didn't want to say yes and look stupid. So he just took the easy way out. So God comes back around and speaks to him again. And he says, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Now, this is for me, this is where I got to call time out and go, you you want me to preach to the bones? I mean, I should probably pick up the bones. I could bury the bones. I could kind of assemble the bones back together. I could kind of wire them, make some skeletons, freak some people out. Like, I could do that. But you want me to preach? Yeah, he goes, because don't, 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 don't miss this. Don't miss this. God's word always brings life. God's word always brings life. God's words always bring life. And, and, and people, I know people, some in this room have felt that God's word has actually brought you death. You hadn't felt encouraged by God's word. You felt beaten by God's word. And it's because people, the Bible says the word of God is a sword. A sword slices. But you've encountered people that took it from a sword and turned it sideways into a bat. And you've been beaten. And I want you to understand that was not God's word. That was man's word and God's disguise. Because God's word always builds up. It does not tear down. God's word always encourages. It does not rip apart. And so when God's going to speak his word, God's word brings life. I'm getting a little excited right now. Let me get back to the text. So here we go. Prophets out of these bones and say to them, dry bones. Now I love the fact that God acknowledges their issue. God doesn't dismiss the fact that these bones are there and they're dry. He calls out the condition. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. Stop being dead. How effective would that 
message have been? Have you ever met somebody with a problem or an addiction? Have you ever had a problem or an addiction? This is my favorite thing. You'll talk to people and they go, why don't you just stop it? Oh, you're a freaking genius. <laughs> you should write a book. You should open up a counseling office. You could make so much money. Next, come here, sit down. Stop it. Next, like, like that, that doesn't, have you ever figured that that doesn't work? It's great, it, it's great advice, but somebody that's caught up in a condition would drop on, they, they don't know how. They don't know why they do what they do sometimes. So instead of just beating the bones down for being in that condition, this is what he says. Say, say, to the, say this to the bones. I will make breath enter you. Wait a minute. Did he tell the bones to do something for themselves, or did he tell the bones he was going to do something for them? See, it's not about what we can do on our own power. It's what the power of God can do in us once we realize, apart from him, we really are up the creek. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you. That's the second time he promised that. And you will come to life. That's the second time he promised that. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I love the fact he's telling Ezekiel, Ezekiel, don't speak to their past. Speak to their potential. Don't tell them what they did wrong. Tell them what I'm about to do for them. Don't tell them how bad it's been. Tell them how good it's going to be. Don't speak death. Speak life to these bones. Ezekiel, you preach hope to them. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about our church is because I want this to be a place that's filled with hope, that's filled with encouragement, that's filled with joy, that's filled with peace, where you know that God really does have a plan for your life. You are not useless. You are not abandoned. You are not forgotten by God. You have a purpose on this planet. Do you understand what a freaking miracle you are? And turn to the person next to you and say, you are a freaking miracle. Just tell them right now. Just tell them. Some of you are like, I don't say freaking. Hang out here long enough. You will. No, 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 no. Let me, let me explain to you what a miracle you are. Some of you got to tell your kids not to say that word when you leave. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Let me, I, just, I just want us to wrap our minds around what a miracle you are. Your odds of being struck by lightning are 1 in 700,000. Anybody here scared of lightning? Not me. Not me. If, it, if there's a lightning storm, I have literally gone outside, sat in a chair under an umbrella, smoked a cigar, and watched a thunderstorm. It's awesome. And no, you should smoke cigars. <laughs> Listen, Google my name. I've done far worse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that in the last service. <laughs> Your odds of being struck by lightning are 1 in 700,000. Your odds of getting attacked by a shark are 1 in 11.5 million. Now, it doesn't matter to me because I ain't going in the ocean. I'll watch a thunderstorm but I'll sit on the beach. I'll go in the pool in the ocean, 
But I'm not going to the ocean because one of the very first movies I ever saw was Jaws. Anybody with me on this? Scared of sharks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your odds of winning the lottery are 1 in 175 million. Now, just because I'm curious, this is a second chance. Notice my hand is up. How many of you have ever bought a lottery ticket? Yeah, somebody had to win, right? Somebody had to I know you'd have tithed on it. Bless God for that. But out of all these, this is the one that gets me the most. Your odds of being born are 1 in 400 trillion. You're a miracle. You're a miracle. Okay? If, if your dad would have stayed at work for 10 more minutes, you're not here. Or if mom hadn't had an extra glass of wine, you're not here. That's a little bit more applicable, right? I mean, there, it, you have greater odds of getting struck by lightning while getting eaten by a shark and winning the lottery than you did being born. You're a miracle. You're not a mistake. I don't care what somebody told you about your life. God really does have a plan and a purpose, and his purpose is to bring us from death to life. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. So, so, so I prophesied as I was commanded. So this is Ezekiel going, I was just doing what I was told. Not, I thought this would work. Have you ever doubted that God could truly work in your life? It's okay. It's okay to say yes. Because I, I have. And I'm the preacher. He's like, I was just doing what I was told. I, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. You ever heard a noise at night? Now, <laughs> imagine... You're in the middle of a valley of dry bones. It's you and God. And you start preaching, and all of a sudden you hear something. Me, I'm out. But as he starts looking around, this is what he sees. A rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. Can you imagine this? Like something's happening. I don't know, and then this next part, this is where it gets, this is where it gets a little creepy, because I, I, I can imagine this. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. This is like the walking dead, like happening in the scriptures, right? This is, can you imagine this happening as you're preaching, bones come together, as you're preaching the skin? It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And one of the things I've learned about healing is healing is a process. We understand about processes, right? Like if we break something, it's a process for it to be healed. Like if we were to leave today um, and, and break our leg. Let's say we're walking out the door. We turn to wave at somebody. We, we fall and we break our leg. Nobody in their right mind would come up and say, hey, brother, I want to pray for you. And we say a prayer over them, and then we look at them and says, the Bible says God heals broken things, and just leave them. We would call that cruel, right? We would call that cruel, but somebody that's broken emotionally or spiritually, we call that care. Yeah, that was good. Thank you very much. I'm going to amen myself right there because that was awesome. <laughs> so we, we, we think it, 
We don't think it works physically, but somehow we think with a prayer and a Bible verse, we can fix people that are broken emotionally or spiritually. And we do get healed by God, not through just a prayer. Now, I'm not saying prayer doesn't work, and I, I'm not saying I don't believe in miracles. I believe in miracles, but the, the process is a miracle as well. Would you agree that childbirth is a miracle? Hey, yes or no? Is it a process, ladies? Thank you. Men are like, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the women know it's a, it's a process. Anything that we have significant in life, it's, not, it's, it's a process. It's a process. Healing is a process. It takes time. So if you're in the middle of a situation that has you weighed down and it has you frustrated and aggravated and you want to throw your hands up, it doesn't mean you're ungodly. It means you're normal. And my encouragement today is hang in the process because you might be in the part where he's bringing the bones together or you might be in the part where he's covering the tendons and the flesh. You might be in the part where you're assembled but you don't feel like you have any breath yet but at the end of the day, the healing is a process, and so instead of, I've learned the hard way, instead of being frustrated with the process, let's be thankful that we're actually in the process, and God cares enough about us to say, I want you healed. Now, notice there's no breath in them. It's a big deal. Because if you've you got a body with no breath, it's dead. And, and I think this is, this is, well, I, I don't think I know that the breath is symbolic of the Holy Spirit actually consuming and controlling our lives. And I don't know if you've ever lost your breath. You ever had the breath knocked out of you. I remember one time I nearly drowned and I couldn't breathe. And I remember when my head came above the surface of the water and I was able to breathe. I, it was just like the greatest thing in the world. And there's some people here that you're like, if I could just breathe spiritually it would be a miracle which is which is why i love god doesn't god doesn't just leave them like this he could have and it would have been a great miracle i mean this is like top 10 right here but god goes a little further he said then he said to me prophesy to the breath in other words keep preaching ezekiel keep speaking life keep speaking life Keep speaking life into these people. Keep speaking life. Can I just say this? If you have a friend or a family member that's really wrestling with an issue, if you will speak life to them instead of death, if you'll speak hope instead of hurt, you'll see them enter the healing process way faster than just telling them to knock it off or stop it. He said, prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded me in other words i just did what he told me i just did what he told me and breath entered them they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army here we see in 10 verses god took bones to living breathing people and if he did it for them he can do it for the people in this room and the people watching online so what needs to happen well i'm glad you asked for us to enter the healing process what needs to happen number one we need to understand that god sees where you are 
There are people in this room, you've thought this week, has God forgotten about me? And all of a sudden you find yourself in a room or online listening to a message, hearing somebody telling you, God has not forgotten about you. He sees exactly where you are. I mean, he knows. Which leads to the second thing. God wants to bring healing into your life. Now, if God wants me to be healed, then why why am I not healed? Because it's a process. And the process can begin today for many of us. Healing begins with, I need help. Healing doesn't begin with us going, I'm just going through some stuff and it'll be okay. Trust me, that doesn't work. Healing begins when we raise our hands and say, I need help. So I don't know who you are or what you're going through, but I know that God can and will heal you. We just got to take that first step. Before we do our invitation today, I want us to sing what I call a response song. This song was written by some of my friends at Elevation Church who they write incredible, incredible music. But this one talks about how God is here with us in this place. And with him being with us in this place, that nothing is impossible. So all over the room, can we stand and pray? And then when I say amen, I don't want you to leave. I want you to sing this song. And if you don't want to sing, just listen to the band as they sing. And let the words of this song wash over this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the person here who's dealing with an addiction, a busted up relationship, a messed up past. God, a life that they've just questioned, Lord, do you even care about me? Father, I pray, I pray, Jesus, that in these next few moments, you will do what you've done so faithfully over the years and just meet us here again. God, that you would speak life into dry bones. You would speak hope into hurting people. And we ask this, Jesus, in your name.